Dobby, you know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Rodosich, joined by Jacob Stinson and Cam McLaren. We got a lot to talk about today. The season is over for MSU, but we still got a jam-packed episode. And uh, gentlemen, how you guys doing? St. Patrick's Day coming up, March Madness. It's it's a good time of the year, but no MSU hockey. That might be for the better. What? Who said that? Not me. I didn't say that. Jacob, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm happy for St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Um, yeah, hockey season's over for Michigan State, but just in time for March Madness. Hopefully, MSU can make kind of a run. Uh, got Foster Lawyer Revenge game on Friday. Ooh, that's scary against Davidson, yeah. yeah. Friday night, 940. I see a lot of people trying to pick Davidson for the upset. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the most popular upset pick. But I don't know. I don't see it. It's lucrative. But I will say this. I, I think the uh, South Dakota State, the Jackalopes over Jack Prov- Rabbits? Yeah, Jack Rabbits that's a big over, one. Over Providence. I, got, I, I, I put that, that one. one. I put that one. The 13 and 4. But no, I'm... Mm-hmm. The sun is out, thankfully. It's like 65 degrees it was today. Tomorrow's supposed to be like 66. So, like, Mute. it's it's great, and then it's supposed to get cold again. But oh, you know it what? It is supposed to get cold? Oh, yeah, it's like screw 50, that. rainy, 40, Okay, 50 is not cold for me anymore, so I'll take that. But rain, eh. Like high 50, not like 50s. Long know. story short, thankfully <laughs> the sun came out because um, I did not go to the south to go and live it up in Fort Lauderdale or other places in Florida. I stayed up here with my girlfriend and, you know, just chilled out. Lauderdale's an interesting experience. That's where I was for spring break. And uh, uh, it's, uh, in a word, expensive. Um, you act like East Lansing isn't. Well, have you, what Ooh. place in East Lansing will, sell, will try selling $20 margaritas? Holy moly. For, it was I'm like, glad it was like a 40-ounce margarita. <laughs> they were like 40-ounce margaritas, but they were 20 bucks a piece. At least they were forty ounces. I'll say that, but still twenty bucks a piece. That's that's highway robbery. That's oh, a lot of robbery. Oh, I know, I know. And every place was doing it too. Let's <laughs> real. So yeah, sorry, sorry <laughs> for sorry, sorry for sorry. the lack of pod last week. It was spring break, but we are back to break down the uh, the finale and all that stuff. But first, some some breaking news. Not really breaking as of now, but some news that hey, it's kind of breaking. We'll put it at the top. Uh, Drew DeRitter. Uh, seeking his fifth year of eligibility, he actually entered the transfer portal, and Adam Goodser also did. So when they enter the transfer portal, this is a question I should have actually asked before this, they can pull their names out at any time, right? Yeah. Okay, so there is there is still a chance they come back, but right now their name is in the transfer portal. They could be playing for another team next year. So that is that's some news. Both of them seniors looking, at, looking for a fifth year. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to explore their options. A lot of them, ha- I mean, you have three different options. You either come back to Michigan State, you go somewhere else, or you sign somewhere pro. So I have no reservations about either of them exploring their options. Yep. Good for them. Yep. Do what do what you got to do. So uh, that is the little breaking news tidbit at the top, I guess. But a tournament update, a Big Ten tournament update for you guys. So in the first round, going back a couple weeks, Ohio State, did win game one against Penn State, but they did get reverse swept. So that was a number five seed being a number four seed. So Penn State advances over Ohio State, something that none of us saw coming. And then Wisconsin won game one against Notre Dame. So six won, a, won their first game against a number three and then got reverse swept by Notre Dame. So Notre Dame moves on. Penn State moves on with the reseeding in the next weekend or with last weekend. This Sorry, I'm making this way more confusing than it needs to be. But 
the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. Minnesota got reseeded against Penn State because Penn State was the lowest seed. That was a best of one, so only one game. Minnesota did win that 3-2, very close. And then the other game was number two, Michigan, facing off against number three, Notre Dame, which, Jacob, you picked Notre Dame to win the tournament. Too bad, buddy. Michigan wins that 2-1. I'll take that one right there. For the pickums, you mean? Yeah, for the pickums, yeah. 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 <laughs> now, I'll let you guys a little, catch up a little bit. Which, uh, Notre Dame yeah. was a dark horse, I thought. It would be a, kind of an out-of-the-box pick. Um, they were still, it's a one loss. It's a one, or, yeah. Leave it to this time to be the first time Michigan beats Notre Dame all season. But. Yeah, exactly. Four losses in the regular season, and then the one game that really matters for the tournament, Michigan wins 2-1. So the championship has yet to happen. That will happen this weekend on Saturday at 8 p.m., uh, Michigan versus Minnesota. So that's that's a big one. That'll be a good game. That, that will be a very good game. Best of one, correct? Yeah, it's yeah. just a championship yes. game. Yep. Who has the better Block M logo? <laughs> is it who's the better u of m exactly mm. Mm. so that is a little bit of a tournament update and we do have to sadly recap the last couple games of michigan state season so we will go ahead and do that maybe a little bit swiftly i don't know we'll get through it but game one msu falls one to four against michigan Jordan gets a start in my opinion msu came out with a really good stride contrary u of m came out sleeping so msu looked Looked pretty good off the first uh, in the first period. Four minutes into the first, Michigan commits a too many men penalty, and on the power play, about thirty eight seconds later, Sazana fires it from the right side face off dot. They gave him a bunch of space, and he rifled a five hole. There we go. Michigan State up one zero because of the power play. That was that was that was a strong sign. That was that was a good sign. But uh, the story of the season was self inflicted wounds for Michigan State, and it did not end before this game. Uh, Michigan State committed one penalty. Adam Goodser got a hooking call on Seviskevich or something, and then Jacko Joshua got a boarding while Michigan was on the man advantage. So it was five on three. Uh, Beneers scored there. It's one one, and then one one after one. So good, good first period. But then MSU kind of imploded in the second. Some bad turnovers. Michigan goes up three one. And then in the third, Samuskavich put the nail in the coffin with a bad turnover off of Sasana. And then it was 4-1 MSU. But it was still, or not, sorry, 4-1 Michigan. But it was still a really decent game. It was something to build on for the Spartans, I think. MSU was outshot 28-24, so that's not bad compared to the other games they've had against Michigan. But still, you lost game one of the quarterfinals. You had a lot of work to do, and uh, that didn't really happen. But, gentlemen, what what did you guys see in game one there? I mean, they started off about uh, like about as good as you could have asked, especially in that first uh, five like five minutes. minutes or so. Our, some of the – well, the best five minutes of hockey I'd seen them play that entire weekend. Granted, yes, doesn't take that much, but whatever. Um yeah, it's it was a really good, really good play. That power play was operating well. MSU was dominating possession. They're playing physical. That game was getting chippy. I remember, especially in the, at the, right out the gates. Um, but yeah, it was just all. It was kind of all over the place for after that. Like they they really just after that Baneers goal when with the five on three situation. It, yeah, it kind of just went downhill from there. Yeah, the momentum just swung right back into Michigan's favor. Exactly. I mean, it was just another quintessential, like, again, you know, the self-inflicted wounds. And the worst part was is 
think they were up five nothing in terms of shots in the like first five minutes of the game. Yep, they MSC get the, was, yep. the too many men on the ice penalty and Denny from Neenhouse and Kelly, like you're up one nothing. And yeah, huge. four minutes later, Beneers scores on the power play. And the first call I had I had nothing wrong with the first call against Goodsir on the hook. Oh, it was all Goodsir's fault there, yeah. And the second one, it's like Joshua just two by four is a man in the corner. They're they're two on two in the corner, and he just he he puts the two the lumber in the back, and it's like it's you don't need to take that penalty. Now, did the play? I forgot who it was, but long story short, like it's one of those like it looks worse than it really was because yeah. he, I mean Jagger Josh was a very big guy, and you know anytime that something like that happens, you're just going to go down like a bag of potato chips. And that's exactly what happened. Five on three and Michigan's going to score. I mean, Lewandowski said it. You can't put them on the power play because you give them too many chances. They're going to score. They're going to find a way. And then the second one, the second goal, I think was the Ritter couldn't get across in time. If I remember, it might've been the second game, but the third one, I had the biggest issue with third one in the second period. Yeah. Because it's just such a fluky play because the Ritter's trying to go and paw it. He tries oh, to skate and he jumps. One. He literally jumps. He's already, he's already in the butterfly. He tries to paw it down, but he can't get that far out. It, it's literally like inches away from his glove because Johnson and I forgot who else. It might've been one of the Kriegers was entangled in the crease and I mean, we waited what ten or about like five minutes for a call. I think that was this was the same game where the puck just literally Morgan flips it, goes off of his stick, and it just flutters in midair. Yeah, and then if I'm remembering the, the right game, yeah. But I mean, he had game. they reviewed it. I don't know what the review was for because referees' mics were muffled, and then Cole challenges it. Because he lost the timeout, he, he essentially burned a timeout by challenging it. Because it was a pivotal moment in the game. Ten, you're halfway through the game, you're down three one. Essentially, if you don't challenge it, the review initially was for a hand pass, and then the challenge was for goaltender interference. So that's why Cole challenged it, which was which when it happened. It okay, was the like, hand why pass did... makes sense. Yeah. So they looked at a hand pass first, and then that's why Cole challenged because he's like, wait, there was some goaltender interference, which there was a tiny bit, but not enough. It could have gone either. It could have gone either way. I think if it wasn't for it being a Big Ten tournament game, I think that gets called. Ooh. Just because I think the gra- the gravity of the situation calls for it not to get called because you have to it's got to be beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know. In my opinion, I don't think the Ritter was able to get enough um traction on his skate to go and grab it, but it could have also been because whoever the Michigan State player was that was entangled with, I believe Johnson next to the net probably pushed him in but I mean they both looked like it looked like Johnson went in there under his own power he just couldn't get out because Cole was there but that's just one of those like it could go either way as Jacob said call on the ice stands kind of thing and then the Semiskevich one if I remember it was either a breakaway or a two-on-one that he just said you know screw this top shelf near side yeah Yeah. well I remember that's one that was a turnover from Sasana actually yeah Yeah. it was was the way they cycling it right uh, at the I, was it a whiff pass that they just tried cycling it? Because it was also, I think, like uh, Kelly maybe or someone. I don't remember exactly who it was. Um, that was like also kind of behind him. Um, and he's 
going to have like cycle it to pick him up up by the blue line, which I haven't really seen done much before. But either way, it was just it was but yeah, bad. It was cataclysmic. It yeah, and then take took it the other way. Which Cezanne like, yeah. was having a really good game before that point, in my opinion, too. Yeah, so. and they just went. I mean, unassisted. That's four one. It's the dagger, and it's Simoskevich. Yep. It's like, ugh, you, you can't do that to yourself. You can't. You can't constantly no. just shoot yourself in the foot like they did. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a two to one game. You don't commit the turnover that leads to Samuskevich's goal, and yeah. you don't commit the five on three because they were. I think they had forty five left on the man I advantage. Can't. It wasn't a lot. It was. It was more than half. I remember into that. Actually, no. I think it was early. God, it was two weeks ago at this point. <laughs> I mean, we are power, testing our the, brains. Yeah, they don't even have it listed. I'm, I'm they, much more oh, well versed on game two. Um, okay, it, it was a little bit. It was a little bit more on. Yeah, there was like a minute ten left. I okay. mean, they were they were killing it good. And then oh, their penalty just... kill was really good. But then, Screwed if you give up. Michigan a five on three, they're gonna score. I think that you said that. Yeah, you give Michigan a five on three, they'll score. Yeah. It's just so they should. I think I put that, that that game was in MSU's grasp. They were playing well. It just yeah, the self inflicted wounds lead to pretty much two direct goals and and then the rest of the penalty summary of <laughs> the, <laughs> we what forgot to mention later this, in the game. Beecher yeah, and Duke. I was just gonna Krieger and Madsen. Yeah, <laughs> and you would think with what happened in that game, you know, at the end, all four of them getting ejected from the contest for yep. a full fledged kerfuffle. In the MSU zone, yeah, the top of um, top corner. MSU it was a, that zone. right? It was right in front of the the student section there. But yep. I mean, they, I mean, somebody's helmet was ripped off. I mean, fists flying. Oh yeah. But everybody was able to come back the next day, and you know, make up. You know, just say hey, you know, sorry a little bit. Hopefully, we'll see each other again <laughs> soon. But uh, no, you you would have thought that you know with the fire that they had at the end of that game, and exactly like Krieger and Madsen getting kicked out. Matson, I think, was the weirdest one where I was like, how did he get kicked out? Like, how? But you would have thought with that, they would have come out, came out with a much more flair in that second game, which is why I'm trying to segue into it, because uh, that that fire was extinguished immediately on impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, so, good point, by the way. So a little, little re, uh, recap of game two. I'm not going to talk much on this, but... Deritter started between the pipes, but he did not last for long because, like Cam said, Michigan came out firing on all cylinders. Michigan State did not look good right off the bat. Michigan scored three goals on four shots, some of which I would say Deritter wanted back, but still they were good shots, and because of that, he got pulled. Yeah, I actually, this is a good time to uh, to advertise myself here. So, <laughs> yes, um, give us the breakdown, bud. Yes. So we need this. You can, you we can need talk the about the first. What happened with the first three goals on four shots? Okay, <laughs> so first, I'll, I'm advertise my, myself here. Um, I wrote an article specifically for the Impact website on this game in particular because I was writing for this game. The uh, the other two are broadcasting. Hey yo, but um. So what I did, I took the concept from an article I read in The Athletic where they just did like it was like a shift by shift breakdown of Jack Eichel's return in Vegas, like his first game with Vegas. I don't know. But I took the concept basically I just did a goal by goal breakdown of every single goal that Michigan scored in this game. Why did you torture yourself like that? I thought it could be interesting. A good analysis piece. Might use it for some scholarships. You never know. There you go. Uh, But no. Any, regardless though, I, I put... 
like one and a half of those first three goals on DeRitter. Um, yeah, I put the first two out of three on DeRitter. I put um, kind of half the first one kind of um, I said basically you know there's some decent defense here um, but it's just a really this is also just a really good shot from Bordelow but DeRitter's reaction is a little slow um, and then goal two I said is mainly on DeRitter um, just reaction was slow again and then the third one I said was not his fault but Dylan Duke goal yeah, the Duke one. Yeah, I can't remember that. That game was such a blur because the goals came so I, quick and I so fast. Exact, yeah. and don't take that out of context, please. Don't I've got it. I've got all the goals time stamped by who scored, who assisted on them, uh, all that in the article. So uh, either go f- search for it on the Impact website under the hockey section, or I think it's currently the pinned tweet on my Twitter right now. So follow, go hit me with a follow on Twitter at uh, Jacob F Stinson. So yeah, do that. Hit the man up. Exactly. It, it, it has links to all the videos so you can watch the replays yourself. Uh, no, nobody wants to do that. So, <laughs> Don't Michigan watch the fan. It's Michigan a, fans. It's a, it's a nice little that. film breakdown. <laughs> you got to you got to hop out of Michigan hockey podcast real quick and just it's uh, educate them about the it's, article that you. It's did. a nice little, be happy. It's a little bit of a, a film analysis kind of piece. Yeah. So if, that, if that's something you'd be interested in, check out um, check that out. Or regardless, uh, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Okay, so getting back into the swing of things. So, Duritter let in uh, three goals off four shots. He got pulled off of that. Charleston comes in. Uh, U of M adds a shorthanded goal, which, oh, God, that was, was that the one? Yeah, I let's think... talk about that shorthanded goal. Oh, yeah. was like, that why? Was, that was my. Oh, God. <laughs> why? That, was, that, that was one was so... bad. That one was, that one was rough. Oh, yeah. my. I mean, that's was... just. My, my that thing... summed up Michigan State season yeah. in a nutshell. In a span of five seconds where they entered the zone, then it gets dumped on the ice because it was, you know, you're, you're on the power play. It's not like um, Bantam hockey now where you have to skate it past the, the red line shorthanded in order to avoid an icing, which I just don't Ugh. like that. Yeah, it's weird. Ugh. Um. How do you just, kill off a penalty then? <laughs> you have to skate it to the red line and throw it in. Ugh. But my thing was, is I'm just like, okay, Krieger's there behind the net, Charleston's there, and then all of a sudden it's like just time stops. You know, it starts raining cats and dogs. Like, it's just like, okay. And Johnson just picks up the puck off the corner and just turns around and fires it home. It's like, how? How yeah. does this happen? At that point, it was it was made for nothing, with because Michigan or I think they timestamped it correctly now, um, just over halfway through the first period, and it's four to nothing. Yep, it was over. That was it. That was done. It was game yeah. over. Game set match. Yep, forfeit. Wave the white flag. That was just that fourth goal. I I have no clue how I can you know ever bring myself back from watching that happen live. It was a brutal exchange between goalie and Krieger. I don't know why I said goalie instead of Charleston. Just, it was it was tough. Uh, and then, I mean, I don't know if Jacob was was done talking, but I mean, the second period was just as bad. It was so so yeah. Second period, Michigan adds another four goals uh, to because of a Christian Krieger five minute game misconduct. They scored three goals on that alone in. Less than two minutes, oh MSU or U of M goes up eight nothing before the second period ends, and yeah, it was just kind of like 
checking your watch. Okay, when can I go home at that point? Because, yeah. Did, what did they call? Let's see. Calling what? Um, uh, Christian Krieger. Krieger's. What did they specifically call that? I'm looking at it right now. Oh, that was now. just a slew footing. Yeah, slew footing. Oh, my God. It was yep. a slew foot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I wrote about that. That's, I said uh, the opening part of like the three goals I scored on this uh, major. Uh, Michigan is on a five-minute power play while Christian Krieger is in the box for slew footing. You can ask why the Spartans put themselves in this position. They're top four nationally in penalty minutes, after all. But regardless, when you go on the penalty kill against a team like Michigan, you can't expect good results. Yeah, and with basically your top penalty killer out of the game in Christian Krieger, the penalty kill looked lost, and yeah, they scored three goals I, I in less I think I remember the slew foot, minutes. too. I remember looking yeah. at it, and I was like, it was so weird, because it was like, it could have been, but like honestly, I think the one that either Christian had it, or one of the Kriegers had one in the Notre Dame series at Compton. They had a slew footing penalty, and that one looked worse than the one that occurred Saturday night. Mm. If I remember correctly, I was like, this does not look like it. They're going to call it because it's you're not gonna, footing, yeah. It, well, no, it's just you have a last na- you have a seven letter last name that begins with K and ends with Rieger. Like you're not going to mm. get the benefit of the doubt. So <laughs> not after four years of the Big Ten and those I mean, refs. No, I had I had nothing with them calling it. It's just it's going to get called. But like I didn't th- I didn't think that was as much as one as the Notre Dame one was. And I didn't even think that one was. So, yeah, I mean, it's just that series in general just really summed up Michigan State season. Strong start in game one. Yep. Uh, Strong start self, to the season. Self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle. A, a few things that you can't control, you know, like giving up the puck, turnovers, you know, losing your top your top point getter at the turn of the calendar year. Not having Griffin Lochran for the final ten games of this, he didn't play since January eighth, thirteen or fourteen. Oh yeah, he did play in that Minnesota series. Yeah, but not having him on the ice, and then you lose Davidson. He was fun to watch too. I love, I loved watching Lochran. He was just like a smaller version of Jagger Joshua who could score more goals. Boom. I'm not wrong. I mean. Every I remember Jacob. It's just put, Charlie Cobb's copy paste. No, he's not. Yeah. No, he's not. No, he's not. But Charlie uh, Cobb's not. Do Charlie Cobb's the second biggest. Of, well, I, Lockhart's <laughs> better than Charlie Cobb's. Yes. Do not put but, him in the same conversation as Charlie but, Combs. Okay. Charlie did what he needed to do, but not as effectively as well, nobody everybody did. on this podcast. Nobody did anything yeah, nobody effective did. on it, that team nobody that did. year. Yeah. But at the same time, I liked Lockhart a lot better than I liked Combs because of the talents around him made him was he was able to play his style Lochran was while Combs wasn't because they're really it was kind of like forcing all right Combs Lewandowski and Nodler on our are on a line like let's see how this goes just that yeah, put the most talent we got on the line and see if it works put two talented players and a guy that can win face-offs hopefully this works it's like it's not like you have Ovechkin on your team where you can just all right let's win the face-off let him just wire one it's not how it worked last year. And bingo, then bingo, bingo. I, I like the way that Lochran was able to play with the lines that he was on. But, you know, you lose him, you lose Middendorf, you lose Lewandowski most of the season. And that's when, you know, when Cole basically said, he's like, let's see, let's see if I can actually find the quote. Ooh, Tale of two quotes. seasons. Yep. 
Like the schedule, but lack of depth put a damper on finishing the season stronger with the extended absences of Lewandowski and Lochran. That's exactly that's what I said. He uh, Cole said kind of a tale of two seasons. It really was. Once it turned to 2022, it was like that's when just the panic button and everything went kafriki boom. Yes. Like that's just very how it well was. said. <laughs> very eloquent. Yeah. Very eloquent. I have I'm a man of many talents. Yeah, such a way mm. with words. Mm-hmm. He, he that's what, that's why I broadcast sometimes. Exactly. Sometimes. But no, game two bad or game one bad, game two even worse. Game two unwatchable. Yeah. And unfortunately, you had to call play by play while I was hey, calling but thank color you, for that game. Thank you to you, Mish, for giving me a lot of goal calls. There you I go. can tell you they weren't the best, but you know, I think Matt yeah. Merrifield <laughs> said it the best where he's like, you know, I tune I tuned in a little bit. And you were like, the the first thing he heard was it is now eight to nothing. And he get he goes, I turned it off after that. Yeah. I was like, I wish I could have too. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I love Michigan State hockey. I w- I was tearful on the the final few minutes of the call, but you oh, yeah. know, it it really was not a very fun game. Yeah. For a lot of people in Expe- especially for your finale. I was hoping for a closer game, but I mean, I yeah. knew they weren't going to win. That's just insider trading. You just, you just wanted a but close game. But I wanted it game. to be close. Yes. And I just, it just wasn't close nope. by any means. Is you let in a goal in the first 54 seconds. It was an anticlimactic. And then four in 11 minutes. At least. And then another. Okay. We don't need to break down that game. But we're moving on. FSU ends their season at 12-23-1, which I did listen to our season predictions, and I wrote them down. You guys were super, super close. Jacob, you had 13, 18, and 3. And Cam, you had 13, 19, and 2. So Cam, you, I mean, I guess by by the numbers, you you basically got the closest prediction. I got I guess 9, 19, and 7. I have no idea why I yeah, guess I made ties. Didn't we I was say on that? crack then for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Didn't we say that? Yeah. That you couldn't, like you were I, you I said seven up. ties, yeah. and I was like, me I, and Jacob I was looked at, at each NHL. other yeah. on a yeah. on a semi-warm day back in September, end of September possibly, early October, saying, what? What is this kid doing? <laughs> I was thinking, no I wonder why he's still last in the which... pickums. <laughs> no, no wonder why he hasn't been even Ugh. close in the pickums in the past two years. You can't even pick a record what? correctly. What? I got second last year. No, you didn't. Kyle did. I'm pretty sure I got second. No, ha- Hattie got second. Hattie got second because it was it was only me or him. Were... Oh, okay. I was super close, but were I, you ahead I of me? Get... Yeah, I was. I know I was because I knew before. I tracked. I said, no, you tanked. at the end of it, you I just tanked. kept gambling on everything. And also, <laughs> if we if we remember correctly, let's let's do a little bit of math here. There are thirty four games that Michigan State played this season, in the regular season. Yeah, Ryan. Hello. Oh, did I not even get you the math right? You didn't even pick 34. <laughs> you picked 35. Oh, my God. And I, even the on night... the podcast, I said, you I put... think I did this math right. I'm just going to go with it. 35. You picked 35 games. Uh, so let's just get rid of one of those ties there. There are only six ties. That's closer to <laughs> the one six side. Only six ties. Yeah, I was thinking NHL or some who, BS for that. Who, who, leads the, uh, who leads college hockey in ties? Yeah, please right tell me there's somebody who has six ties. I'm going to look this up, actually. See yeah, so I, I'll keep talking. You find that. But... uh. You guys were very close on your early season predictions, and I was, I, I was. Hey, if I put my ties somewhere else, I was right with you guys. I just said they were going to tie for some odd reason. But yeah, you just couldn't figure it out because and couldn't I add to thirty four too. I thought, I think <laughs> at one point during the season, I was like, oh, you know, Michigan State can win five or six more games, and this was heading into like after 
Oh, geez. It was either immediately after finals week when Michigan State played Notre Dame because it was a reverse than what the finale was. But I think I went on GW and I was like, yeah, you know, they could win five, six more games, be above 500, just slightly above 500. And then karma. The pain train hit and it just went. No, it just Michigan State would lose 13 straight games. Who would have had? Ow. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk? Back after the the Notre Dame series where they split. Yes, I'm gonna butt one in. One zero OT Lewandowski win. I remember that. I'm, I'm gonna butt in real quick. Uh, yes, actually, Ryan, there is <sighs> one team in college hockey that finished with seven ties this year. Yes. Wait, Let's can go. I guess? Can I guess? Do you want a conference first? Yes. ECAC. I was gonna say Merrimack, but I don't think they're in the ECAC. No, they're not. Oh, okay. Oh, Max oh, Hockey oh. You said so. East it's not Lowell. It is. Ooh. Nope. Do you want to? Do you want to see the ECAC just in case? Yes. A, the, give me. I'll, give just, me. I'll, I'll list you the teams just and how they finished. Hey, don't know no, that might show the rankings. No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. ECAC. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Clarkson, Colgate, Cornell, Dartmouth. If you oh, wait, get this, no, none I'll of be those. Amazed. Oh. It's either RPI, St. Lawrence, Union, or Clarkson. Your guess? St. Lawrence. It's St. Lawrence. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. St. Lawrence finished 11, 19, and 7. Seven ties. Dude, Thank you, St. Lawrence. How, can I, Thank how you. do I keep I doing you, this? I love you, St. Lawrence. How do I keep doing this? How many times has it been you're, like... You're retired you, from this beat. <laughs> when, when Jacob's like, oh, yeah, you know, how many games... How is, many blank, or how blank. many this, 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 and this? And I'm like, nine. And uh, you're like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Did you look at my notes? I'm like, no, I don't even have the thing pulled up. <laughs> I don't even have the, the pod pulled up. Uh, no, oh, that's yeah. wild. St. Yeah, Lawrence. The St. Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrence Saints finished this season 11, 19, and 7. It is possible. And they Anything they is seven, possible. They were 7, 10, and 5 in the ECAC. Five, five ties? ties? Jeez. Let's see. They tied uh, Colorado College, Lake Superior State. Lake some, State? Hey, good. There's some weird ties. Union, Harvard. Man, this pod's going all over the place. Carson Brown twice. Oh, nice. How... Yeah, big up Union. Big up the Dutchman. <laughs> Uh, I think there's only one team. Well, t- maybe two. No, yeah, like two teams in the, uh, maybe three teams in the ECAC that are worth talking about. Really, Ooh, it's a team to talk about. We haven't we haven't looked at uh, St. Thomas in a while. Let's let's check that oh, out. The Tommies. Real quick. Uh, uh, St. Thomas is currently uh, overall three thirty two <laughs> and one. Oh my god! Oh jeez, three twenty two and one in the CCHA. Okay, anyways, they had a worse season than Michigan State, so that's cool, I guess. Anyways, um, what do you guys want to talk about now? Cole, Cole press conference for to end the season? Do we want to talk about the next week uh, and then as, have that as kind of a uh, uh, like a preview for there next year? There are a few things that, that were in there. Let, um, let's, talk, let's talk about it, yeah. I, so I went there. I think this was oh. a week after I got a parking ticket at Breslin. That's not my phone. Whose phone is that? I think that's Ryan's. That's mine. Oh. oh, Ryan, party foul. What? It's Turn my off ringer your ringer. Off. Well, it's my, it's my braid. It's my dad. So? Sorry, dad. I can't answer the call right now. He's I'll probably listening back, right now wondering why his son didn't pick up the phone at <laughs> I, I 8.30 did, at I did night. think that was yours because it, it was such a faint vibrate because we got headsets on, but I had my phone behind my laptop. So hopefully you guys didn't hear that. Oops, sorry. Let's keep it did. moving. Yep. So nonetheless, that press, that press conference was pretty interesting because, you know, there was there was a lot of, you know, time for what was it i think i thought i have to 
look at my Twitter because, you know, I was there and I was live tweeting it. I need to look for the exact quote. And I swear, if I didn't get it, I'm going to be very, very. Yeah, he's so Cole stressed the need to be ruthlessly introspective, which I thought was very interesting mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, how he takes a look at the season because the main thing that he said was there there will be no stone left unturned going into this offseason. Now, mind you, that could mean massive overhaul. That could mean coaching changes, could mean head coaching change. It could mean a lot of things from player personnel, which is something that I think is on the way, and just like a system overhaul. There's going to be a lot of, you know, hard conversations coming up in the next, you know, few months about how this program should be because he's flat out said it, you know, it's miles better from where he inherited it, but it's not where he envisioned it would be five years on. Now that, that was my whole case of, you know, it's better than it was, but it's not where it needs to be. And everybody knows that everybody's came out and said that it's just, how do they get to that point where they are at least somewhat happy with how a season went? Because I mean, we had this conversation us three did after the eight nothing of there are a lot of opportunities for the to play the blame game and then there's a lot of opportunities to look at excuses and it's just when things start to add up it's really hard to figure out the way out and Michigan State just really couldn't so that that was pretty much as soon as he said you know it was a tale of two seasons that's exactly how that this season was and there's a lot more stuff that he had talked about or Cole did about next year which we'll get to probably next week because there's a lot to unpack with that and just a sneak peek on that it's people aren't just hitting the transfer portal people aren't just hitting you know professional contracts good job for Sasana for signing a deal with the checkers uh oh, Dowski as well with forgot the, to put that uh, stuff yeah yeah so Lewandowski's got a PTO with the Tucson the ro- Roadrunners. Yep. Where he played former defenseman Jared Rosberg in his first game and the Texas Stars down in Cedar Park. Um his like immediately uh, once that contract was signed, I think it was the same day he was playing, he was suiting up. I uh, he did not record anything on the stat sheet that night. He did not. I think I looked at it and he did not. Jared Rosberg had like a few shots. I think he had like two. And then Sasana had Two penalty minutes in his Charlotte Checkers debut. Ooh, wow! Some some old habits, fence. some old habits never don't die. <laughs> never die. <laughs> a Michigan State player taking penalties. Oh. <laughs> who would have thunk? Who would have thunk it? But no, there there's a lot to look at, including some bold predictions about what the roster may or may not look like next year. But we're gonna hold off on that in terms of next week. But yeah, talking about the end of this season, my overall thoughts train wreck just you i mean it was the train ran off the tracks and i don't know which track they were trying to go on but like as soon as one thing happened then it was the next then it was another then it was this and it was that and it was like okay can't close out games you you have two one two goal leads can't close them out you don't have your best players arguably and then you make shift the lines you can't make shift the lines the pe- once you start putting lines in a blender you realize like the ice isn't breaking so you have to shake them around even more and it just it just things sputtered out of control very fast 
and they sort of got a hang on it the last five games of the season. Sort I would of, say, yeah. I would say, they didn't play good against Ohio State at home. Like that second game, they just did not. Or it was the first game. It was the first game they just didn't. Yeah, first game. Yeah, one for loss. I mean, that, they hit. They had mm. those games in them where it was like, yeah, they just flat out sucked. And then you have the games where you're up two goals against, you know, presumably I think the Big Ten champion, or Big Ten regular season champions, and probably Big Ten postseason champion, Minnesota, where mm-hmm. you have two goal leads against them. I think two or three times in the span of four four games against them. Yep, two you can't times. close them down. Now, mind you, because Ben Myers is absolutely lethal right now. Well, even but, even then, that's been a, kind of a trend. Even in some of the even in the last game they won, uh, in that Penn State series, what what we say it was like they were com- outshot a combined like thirty eight to six in the third period. Yeah, but tell 20, me twenty two to wait, hold up. But tell 20 me twenty to two in that last yeah, period. But tell me what NHL team doesn't play prevent like like Michigan State did. I mean, they play in, prevent, but you case play, in not point, like state. The Stars play prevent. I get so irritated when they do that. It's, Name the last it's NHL their... team that gets outshot uh, by, like, on average, like a nineteen to three in a period. I mean, it's not that bad, but they were playing yeah, Penn State because it's getting... Penn State fires the puck on net. It doesn't matter if yeah. there's anything in the way; they will just do as many. They will get it to the net if, like, it's their mission. Their only purpose in life is to funnel pucks on net. They have that those is runs like their that. thing. They have those runs, and like, there's not like. That's kind of one of the big things too. Was just like they would allow those like other teams to go on these runs and like shoot at will for like stretches at a time. For in that Penn State time series, it was the third period both times. It's just they didn't but, do it against like the Minnesotas, Ohio States, and the Notre Dames, where they played good against. They just they did it against you know the Penn States, where they fire pucks on that. The Wisconsin's, which mind you, as soon as they couldn't take those points at Kohl Center, you started to wonder oh, like gosh. that's yeah you need in order to finish fifth, you have to beat the people that are below you, and they didn't. And they got outplayed at Cole Center. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you have an opportunity at home to take points off Notre Dame and you play well. You just can't close it out. I mean, they had golden opportunities to really assert themselves and finish fifth, possibly even fourth before things got really out of hand between um, Notre Dame and Ohio State. But I just I don't know. The summary of that season is a tale of two halves. I think I think that summarizes it perfectly, but the one thing I want to talk about is depth. If this team had just slightly better depth, they would have pulled out a lot more of these games. You you talked about it, Cam, how close they were in a lot of these games. They go up two goals, they can't hold the lead, they eventually lose by a goal or two. Obviously, with Locker and Lewandowski out, those are two of your top four players easily. You need somebody to step up, and that's where depth comes huge, and that's where depth was absent in this season. I mean, they didn't have depth because the guys that you have depth, and then when you lose a guy lose to a season-ending injury before the season starts, and then Lewandowski gets hurt twice and has extended absences, and then Lochran's out the final 14-ish games of the season, you have depth until you don't. Because... Well, I'm saying good, good enough depth. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing like is... AJ is, Hodges, Kyle Haskins needed to step up in the season. They, they did, did not. They did not. Yeah. And uh, they, they never found their role on the lines that they were with, which is why I had no problem with having Jesse Tucker and Tanner Kelly on the first line. Like, I, the, the some of the lines worked magically. It was just... Then, you know, you, you have to f- put people together, bits and pieces, where it's like, you know, these guys can get comfortable with each other, but their skill sets just don't match up or align the right way. So it was just once you lose that depth or, you know, not even not even that. My my other tangent is once you know you're starting place in the lineup, like and you know you're not losing your spot, you practice you play how you practice. And if you practice like you know you're in the position, you're not gonna be dropped as a healthy scratch because I mean, let's face it, we've read enough articles as hockey fans to know that players don't like getting healthy scratched. Mm-hmm. And in college, it's a, it's a huge thing because that's what that's what it is. You can only have X amount of scholarship players per, per game. But in the NHL, you get healthy scratched. That's a slap in the face. So That's a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. When, when, you, when you don't have the opportunity to healthy scratch somebody because all your scratches are injuries, like, it... it it could result in a different mindset. I'm not saying that players aren't playing. I'm just saying complacency could have been a factor because I think it was last year. Pap got healthy scratched one game and he came out and played three of his best games immediately afterwards. Like sometimes you need to be able to utilize that Mm -hmm. and you got to hold players accountable. And it's kind of hard to do that when you only have X amount of players. So it's just everything, it was Murphy's Law. Anything that could go wrong will, and it did. That was the word I was going to use is Murphy's Law, pretty much, yeah. I think I, I wrote an article about that, it. I, I was going to say that specifically because I'm pretty sure you wrote, we put that in, like, you opened an article with that. I think after the Ohio, after the Ohio State series? No, it was Notre recent. Series, it was recent. Was after that the, was the Penn State, it was, the Penn it was State like, blown oh, lead. It was, yeah, it was right after Penn State. It was, the it was my State. attempt to ditto what Hattie did last year in the last game of the regular season, which was, his article was, Michigan State has 60 minutes to salvage its season, and then went on to lose 5-1 to one or 4 to nothing, one of those two scores against... Wisconsin giving them the regular season Big Ten title on at Mun. It was my attempt to be like, yeah, you have 60 minutes to save your season. And then they followed it up with a two to one victory. Mm-hmm. Woohoo, breaking the streak. Yay. Woo. Woo. I think that, that was the weird thing, though, is again, this points to the conversation that we had in the parking lot of Yost Ice Arena. There was a lot of things said that night, especially by me. Um, was, oh, I had the train of thought, and I just lost it. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, there we go. Back on track. Let's go. Choo-choo. Last year, it just seemed like every game that Michigan State played, you kind of expected them to lose. Didn't have much hope. This season, it was like even during the 13-game streak, it seemed like they had an opportunity to win every single one of those games. You went in knowing that there was still an opportunity for them to win. They just had to go out and take it. The writing was there on the wall. I mean, you go up against Minnesota at uh, 3M at Mariucci, and then you can't close it out, but that you, you still had those goal, those leads over them. You know, it's 
to me, it was just very, it was a very different losing streak than, you know, all of the losses that Michigan State had last year. Yeah, you know? we picked a lot of splits during that time, too. We thought it was yeah. going to end almost every week. Because you... We you, saw it ending. It could. It could have. You saw it in how they played. Mind you, there were games, there were the Ohio State series is case in point of them flat out not playing, just not on the same wavelength as the other team on the ice. And then the next game, they are lights out much better, but just couldn't eke it out. It's, I didn't know where to go with this team. It was wild. I like that point that you said about when nobody's behind you to push you, what's going to push you, especially during a losing streak, especially if a coach's words are motivating you. At that point, if you're if you're eight games in a losing streak and you know you're not going to lose your roster spot, really, what is going to push you? And that that's a good point. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that there. But uh, should we should we move on a little bit? I mean, we don't really we we don't really have much of an outline in this, but I mean, something that like I want to talk about, yeah, is hey, let's let's talk about let's talk about the good part of the season. Let's pick a player we think did good on the season and just say why. So. Jacob, you got you got a guy you're thinking of? I'm gonna pick someone. Uh, I'm picking not a senior for the specific reason of something positive taken in next year. Uh, Nash Neenhouse. Dang it. <laughs> he really stepped up. I th- I think towards the end of the season he was playing as Michigan State's best defenseman uh, in that last stretch of the year. Ooh, okay. Between him and Sasana, I think were the top two. Um, but no, Neenhouse started shooting the puck a little bit more. Was doing really playing good defense all around, just everything you want from a defenseman. Uh, he really stepped up, and the numbers proved on the on the score sheet. I have a sneaking suspicion over who Ryan's going to take. It's either one of two players, and I mean, hey, you don't I need mean, to you need to I, pick who I'm going to pick. I got a couple guys. I okay, I good. Could, yeah. I I really want to pick between it is, it Tucker gonna be or Kelly. By the it was going to be between Tucker or Kelly. Okay, yeah, my, that's my where second I was going. that's you were yeah. going. So I'll, I will t- I will take the snazzy, you know, the kid from not Long Lack. I'll take the kid from California. Ooh, Tanner Kelly. I think just kind of blossomed into the role that Michigan State needed him to be, especially on that first line for a majority of the second half of the season. I mean, it's hard to go into a Big Ten program, especially a storied program like Michigan State, and, you know, play Big Ten hockey because it's a lot different than a lot of other places. You know, it the Big Ten is, it's grueling. As As Cole said, it's hard to get split, or it's hard to get sweeps in the Big Ten. That's just how good these teams can play. I mean, it's it's like that in probably every other conference, but like you have obvious talent gaps. But in the Big Ten, Giants are slayed every weekend. I mean, Notre Dame went four and zero against Michigan, and Michigan has how many draft picks? How many first 13, round draft picks? I think seven. Like things can be done. That was a rhetorical question. They got a lot, Jacob. But no, I actually do like I specifically <laughs> wrote that somewhere. A lot. <laughs> I, I, I just remember because I wrote that for an article. I think at some point was I think it's like thirteen total draft picks. And seven first rounders, and the and those seven first rounders are the most on any college collegiate team ever. Michigan's an AHL team, pretty much, like, basically. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Cam. Where was I going? Uh, oh, Tanner Kelly. But like, yes. he he started throwing the body around. He's not the yeah, biggest guy. Yeah, yeah. He found his stride 
and played very well. And I I just I think he's very, very, very good. And he's going to do wonders for this team if they can utilize him the way that they did at the second half of this season. And if Michigan State can, you know, get some more depth, figure out a, a, a good style of play that the forwards and the defensemen can get on. And because, I mean, there's only so much execution you can do on dump and chase. It's either you get the get the dump in or you don't or you you force turnovers in the offensive zone. That's kind of how dump and chase is. But to me, he he may not have had the best of years compared to probably a person that Ryan's going to talk about, but to be a freshman and to be elevated on the first line for at least 10 or 12 games out of a 34-game season, if not more, you have high expectations for that said person going into next year. So good job on Tanner Kelly. Oh, okay. No, who are you going to talk about, Ryan? I'm actually going to give just a little bit more praise to Kelly. He only had three goals, two points on the season, so nothing crazy on the stat sheet. But I think he adjusted to college hockey amazingly and adjusted, and adjusted very, very fast. He played a bigger role than the score sheet suggests. Yes. Yep. Because you're playing with, you know, you're playing on, did I call him the grease ball line at one point? I think so. Like him, Jags, Jagger, and... Jagger Nodler. Nodler most of the time? Or Mueller most of the time. Well, no, it was it was Nodler, it was Nodler <laughs> Kelly, and uh, Joshua. Yeah, yes. that line. It's exactly what you want. It's a brutalizing line. It's a grease, like it's elbow grease line. And they did what they needed to do. They didn't score, which <laughs> they got looks. Wish though. they got looks, but they did get looks. I mean, the Jagger Joshua power move deployed two times in the game against Michigan. Uh, the first game, the second game, not so much. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, the Jagger Joshua power move. Some things just d- never die. Oh. It's just funny because, like, you could see it coming from a mile away. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well no, Jagger it's Joshua funny. It's funny Supreme. watching Jagger Joshua play, and then also watching his brother because his brother is with the Blues, and he's probably going to be up with them for a minute uh, because uh, they just lost a guy. To, I, they lost Tyler Bolda. Yeah, but like they lost Tyler Bozak to IR or something like that yeah. for a oh, few weeks. Cares. But so he's so Dakota Josh was probably going to be getting some uh, looks on the Blues fourth line for a little bit, but he is he's very good. Like he plays, it's like a carbon copy of Jagger Joshua. It's like I see the exact same things when I watch the two of them play. It's kind of funny. So for me, the player I want to pick is yeah, Kelly. Kelly was one of them. Also, his two hundred two hundred foot game developed so much over that season. I think he was a great 200-foot skater. That's the last thing I want to say, Kelly. Anyways, the one I'll pick, yeah, you're right, Cam, Jesse Tucker. There were two people in this recruiting class that I knew instantly would would just, like, be good on the team. It was Mittendorf, and I was hoping it was Gucciardi. Gucciardi did fill that role. He did pretty good. I, I, loved, I loved what he did this season. But the ones that I didn't really think were going to do much were Jesse Tucker and Tanner Kelly. So that's why I was picking both of them. But Jesse Tucker... Finishing the season with two goals, twenty-two assists, something that I I didn't even I didn't know you know what role he would have on the team. His vision is amazing. He has vision where he'll see two people cut across from each other and his own guy like maybe cutting through. He'll see that happening before the two people cutting across before the player. Like he his vision. If if you want to look back, I can't think of a specific assist, but there's some things where there's nothing when he makes that pass. 
but then when the the puck hits the stick that like it's like oh oh wow like how do you how do you see that happen before so jesse tucker gives i i give him all the praise because his vision on that on the ice and him centering Mitterdorf and Lewandowski, it was just that was a good line. Then him centering Mitterdorf and Davidson also just it just worked. It gelled really well. So Jesse Tucker was the the man I want to give some praise to. You know, I I think I mentioned this a few pods ago. My uh, my NHL comparison for uh, Jesse Tucker was Robert Thomas. Um, kind of for those exact reasons of it's almost like there there are a few times when you watch the both of them play where it's like you wish they would shoot the puck more mm-hmm. so much, but you can always guarantee that they're going to find their teammates in like the best possible shots. And they just rack up assists like that. Um, and that's like, it's funny because right after I said that the first time Robert Thomas actually started shooting the puck and now he has goals in like, I don't even know how many, how many games now straight. Uh, but he's just he's been on one recently. Hopefully that can happen with Jesse Tucker. That's kind of what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see him shoot the puck a little bit more. Um, because I see that same kind of trajectory coming for him. Um, but his playmaking is just absurd. It's just nasty. I mean, you don't get twenty two assists. Well, you don't get to be the career leader in assists for your you know, the Green Bay Gamblers if you don't have that vision. I mean, he was a captain there, and I think he off the record was one of the more adamant players of like okay you know Michigan State finally won a game for the first time in 14 games so what he he was under the impression of you won a game and i think that is like game by game mentality kind of thing is that as in he don't as, get too high, don't some, get too low. Don't get too high, don't get too low. What have you what have you done for me lately? What have you accomplished? You won a game out of 14 games. One game out of 14 games and you want to you want to celebrate. He was very He's he can be stone cold and that's what I like about the kid. I, I could stone I, I cold I, I don't, Jesse Tucker. I don't Let's make the I don't shirts. even want to like he's not even a kid. The kid he, he's older than me. By like a month, if I remember, or no, by a few months, I think he is. So, yeah, March first, two thousand. Yeah, he's he's older than me by six wow. months. Happy late birthday, Jesse. He's older than me by a year. But he is very good, and he he seems like one of those people that I would not be surprised if he's an assistant captain next year. I could see him by the time he's up to a junior or senior. I could I see, him see him being, being the, the captain, captain yeah. of this team. I just. There were so many, there are, a lot of the new additions really helped. And I mean, I think we've, we we thought that Lochran was going to be very good, and he was. Whenever he was oh, in yeah. the lineup, Lochran was very good. And those, I mean, the lineups just gelled when Lewandowski and Lochran were in the lineup. Now, mind you, mind you, a lot of those games were against Ferris, Air Force, UMass, which is... UMass is the outlier. UMass Lowell. UMass Lowell. They are the outlier. Good up. Red Hawks. Red. Yeah. They're the River. So, no, UMass River. River, yeah. River and then, Hawks. And then, Red Hawks is Miami. Red, and yes. then they played Miami. But, like, yes, they're lower tier teams as of right now in March. But, like, nobody knew what Michigan State was going to be able to do in the first, you know, eight weeks of the season. And, I mean, they 
Lost the first game against Air Force. They lost against the development team. Now, mind you, half the NCAA could probably lose to the development team. I think half the Big Ten lost to the U.S. development team. Didn't Michigan lose, too? I'm pretty sure they did. I know Notre Dame did. I know oh, Michigan Notre Dame, State yeah. Notre did. Dame was, I yeah. mean, I think Wisconsin did, too. Like, those kids are brutal. Um, But, no, it was just the new additions really stepped up. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of provided a spark of, all right, there are there is wiggle room for this program to move around heading into next year. There's a lot of wiggle room. You can design a lot of things around the centerpieces that you have, especially because Tanner Kelly could probably... Tanner Kelly bulks up a little bit, hits the weight room a little bit more, and learns to use like his small size to maneuver a little bit more. Be a Charlie Combs, but not a Charlie Combs. In terms of the fact that he can actually score for Michigan State in the green and white, and you know more Maybe than more Charlie than Combs more than seven that. goals, more than seven goals. But yeah, I think it was the second best scorer that year. Sadly, I think he, I think he was tied for the lead. If I'm he not was. Right. Uh, yeah. I think he had seven goals. I think yeah. that was the team lead. Um, yeah. But not gonna lie, like he can be a centerpiece. Jesse Tucker can be a centerpiece. Yes. Even the defenseman, Gucci Davidson Ar- too. I mean, I talk it, about Davidson, but Gucci already, and then he got Nash coming back. And you have Gallagher that got time at the end of the year, and Gallagher was starting to find Gallagher his form near the end. Of, towards the end of the year, he was Gallagher, very solid. Very he, solid. It's like he found he, he had a lot more confidence, and he just he found a rhythm. He was he was doing things right. He was doing a lot of things right. And then there's just kind of a lot of wrong whenever we talk next week about next year because there are holes. There are Shia LaBeouf. In the movie Holes, holes. There are lots of holes that need to be, you know, addressed yeah. on this team for next year. But that that's for next week. We've had a lot of ruthless introspection. Ah, I like that. I like that. On today's pod. Right and a lot of that has been from me. So I will shut up now. <laughs> Ryan, take it away. I mean, hey, that's pretty much all we had on the slate, but we do have to move on to the pickums. An update in the standings. I am last with 48. Cam is second with 49. Jacob is in first with 70. I'm not going to talk about what we predicted two weeks ago. A whole bunch of hoopla. We all got three points from it. So there we go. We didn't have to say that. But ladies and gentlemen, Cam and I are done this season. We are throwing in the towel. Jacob is in the lead with a commanding lead. And Jacob, congratulations. You are BTM Pick'em 2022 champion. How do you feel? I'm going to Disney World. Jacob takes the crowd. There was pretty much nothing we could do to get back into it down 21 and 22. So, and the crowd goes mild. (laughs) I'm just, I'm happy to not have choked it this year. Uh, Yeah, you almost uh, did a few times. I was in, I was in a commanding lead last year, and then I, the double downs, we got into them, I think, a a bit early, and then it just like kept up. I didn't know. Uh, I, I got the the gambling bug bit me a little bit, and I was I just kept doubling down and doubling down on what matchups I really didn't wasn't that confident in, or uh, in all in retrospect. So I'm like, you got distracted. By I decided the double D's. I was being I was being I was being a little more uh, conservative with it, and this this time around. And hey, guess what? I won. And 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 for good measure, my guy. You know, you deserved it. You know, there were a few picks that. I think we started picking like non like just conferences that we had no clue, and I think you got those right. 
normally so good for you. Well, normally what I do for those is, is just like of oh, extensive knowledge. Well, I mean, of course, but also like <laughs> it's like oh, these are good teams. These are two pretty highly ranked teams splitting a week. Split. <laughs> I would say it's a weekend series. Yeah, we'll split it. And then it worked out. It's every point there. I mean, good for him. Surprised he didn't choke it this year. Um, I wonder who's going to take my spot next year. That's going to be interesting. Probably Matt. Ooh, yeah, interesting. And you yeah, picking Matt the MSU taking my picks. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's not forget Matt. Matt, we. Matt. I almost passed oh, this is, you. This is alone a PSA spe- of Matt. This is specifically a. <laughs> let's tell Matt to listen. This to is a this PSA part. to Matt Merrifield. I gave you. Matthew. We had a six point wiggle room, and you 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 fumbled the bag, kid. You messed up. You messed up big time. You messed me up. Like how? We were six points away. We were literally like Maryland on senior night against MSU. We were within striking distance, and you messed up, kid. I can never repay you, or you I can never forgive you. Okay. I just can't. Too bad I, I can't really say much because you're probably taking my spot next year, which <laughs> I hope I hope you'll lose. Ooh, whoa. There, I said it. The Cam McLaren curse. It. I know ooh, what I ooh. said, and I said what I meant. Uh, is it time for me to start playing Back to Back by Drake? Because we're going for that next year. Oh, my God. Okay. We go. does. We repeat next year. <laughs> Jacob is disqualified from next year's pickups. Okay, cool. <laughs> we're all happy now. He's barred from gambling. I'm too good. On the pickups. I'm too good now. Uh, they're, they're, they're cutting me down to my prime. The league's cutting me out because I'm too good. I hope Notre Dame messes you up so much next year because they're consistently inconsistent, and I hope that they're consistently consistent. That, to oh, mess I was gonna you say you just, call, just keep calling splits on Notre Dame then. Okay, we we all good, gentlemen. I was really I'm fine. I was really yeah. good at picking those Michigan State sweeps early in early yeah, I was in the saying, year. Those those did help you. I remember that because the there was a point early. earlier in the year where I was like, oh, I was like three for three on Michigan State sweeps when I picked them. Uh, and oh, the, what was my record? I think I picked two, and I was over two on both of them. I think I correctly predicted the sweep over Miami, and what was the other one? Miami, Ferris, and what was the other? Oh, Wisconsin. I oh yeah, about yeah, that. I yeah. Predicted those. Two How would sweeps. I forget about that? Yeah, because I remember that episode because I was talking trash in Wisconsin for like a solid five minutes, just saying, "What do they do that's good?" Uh, oh, how the turntable. You table. have to. You have to turn oh, the time the back turn to last tables. year. Yep. Oh, how the turntables. They'll probably be at the top of the Big Ten knowing how they go. They go top to near bottom, back to top. They're going to, well, they need Brock Caulfield to turn into his brother, and then maybe, but. Well, I mean, just do what the Sedins did and just flip flop. <laughs> bring Cole like, back. Bring Cole game. back. I mean, you look a little different. Cole's Brock. on a yeah, heater no, right it's now. Me. Cole, Cole will get a few Fridays and Saturdays off. I mean, you know, just. Cole's on a heater Across for, the board for Montreal on, right now. Yeah, if you put Brock into Cole's spot, it would be like, okay, what what happened here? <laughs> for Montreal, maybe, but but yeah, this only works, would love it. This only works if Cole gets dropped down to Laval. Yes. Only works then. <laughs> and you get those glasses with the big big nose and the mustache. Yeah, yeah, yes. Got it. Got the way it, he's yeah. playing right now, especially with Martin Saint Louis as his head coach, I don't think Cole's going back to Laval anytime soon. Probably not. Probably not. Probably. Okay, that's going to wrap up this episode here. Next, Thank you week... all for listening to the Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and congratulations, Jacob, for winning. Good yeah, job. congrats. Good job, yes. Good so, job bud. Thank you all. <laughs> but uh, next week we'll have we'll have a, a whole, whole bunch of stuff to talk about, kind of outlook on next year, maybe a preview for next year. We'll talk about some recruits, talk about maybe some transfers we're looking at. We'll see. We'll, we'll have some content out for you guys. But this will go ahead and wrap up this week's episode. From Ryan Rudosovich, Jacob Stinson, and Cam McLaren, thank you so much for 
listening. We'll be back next week. It's not break down anything, just to talk hockey, but we'll be back. See you guys. Peace out. <laughs>